This is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Canivery. Thanks for joining us. More than 4,000 Southwest Floridians from all walks of life sat down together on March 15th in small groups and in various places across Lee, Charlotte, Collier, Glades, and Hendry counties. But these weren't just simple brunches with friends. This was all done as part of an effort called On the Table. Participants often didn't already know each other, and sometimes there wasn't actually a table but just a place to gather. The goal was to get them all talking about the problems that are facing the region and its residents. Spearheaded by the Collaboratory in downtown Fort Myers in partnership with the Collier Community Foundation and Charlotte Community Foundation, this is a follow-up to an on-the-table event held back in 2019. About 4,000 people attended one of about 280 tables, and about a quarter of them filled out a survey that asked them to rank the issues they thought were most pressing. Top issues were fairly uniform across counties. The need for more affordable housing topped the list across the board, with homelessness, mental health, and substance substance abuse, health care access and cost, and jobs and economic development rounding out the top of the list. To take a closer look at this data and what it means and how it might be put to use to help affect change, I sat down earlier today with representatives from all three organizations. Let's hear that conversation now. Noel Casagrande is communications lead at the Collaboratory in downtown Fort Myers. Noel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us, Mike. Amy Huddleston is Director of Strategic Partnerships at the Charlotte Community Foundation. Amy, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. And Lindsay Touche is Vice President of Community Engagement at the Collier Community Foundation. Lindsay, thanks to you as well. Thanks, Mike. So to help put this into context, I want each of you to just briefly describe what your organization does as if you were describing it to somebody casually. Noel, I'll start with you in the Collaboratory. So Collaboratory, a lot of people ask, what is that exactly? And like you said, we are located downtown Fort Myers, and we have our physical space laboratory, which is essentially a laboratory for collaboration. And our mission is to coordinate the solving of all of the region's social issues on an 18-year deadline. And how many years into the deadline are we now? We are two years in. Okay. <laughs> and it used to be the Southwest Florida Community Foundation. Yes. It's like an outgrowth of that. It was rebranded about two years ago. Understood. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you? Well, the Charlotte Community Foundation connects people who care with causes that matter. And we provide higher-end scholarships to students of all ages. And then we provide community impact grants. So we have a lot of initiatives and working with our nonprofits and helping better Charlotte County to be the best place to eat, sleep, and play. And Lindsay? Sure. At the Collier Community Foundation, uh, we work with donors to educate them on the community needs um, and the normal person too. You know, anyone is a part of the work that we do. We have conversations about um, things like we're going to talk about today, housing, important things that are on people's minds. And then we bring leaders and stakeholders and individuals together to talk about what can we do in our community to make that better. We're Collier-centric. We've been in town over 35 years now, and we touch anything and everything um, that we think we can make better for Collier County. It's kind of like, broadly speaking, it's kind of like connecting resources and people who can affect change with the people who want to change things and then try to, with this project, try to find out what change needs to be made. Is that like a super simple way of putting it? That's great. Yeah, exactly. You're hired. (laughs) Okay. So um, I've given the basics for on the table already in the intro, but Noelle, can you remind our listeners, you know, what this was and how it came about? So On the Table itself started in 2014 in Chicago, and it is an award-winning model that has engaged over half a million residents in more than 35 communities across North America. And it's an opportunity for a community to more deeply understand the issues and topics of greatest concern to community residents 
Science um, Collaboratory brought this model to Southwest Florida, so on the table Southwest Florida in 2019. At that point, uh, the initiative had about 1,000 participants and about 300 survey respondents, and we'll get into what we were able to do this year together. Um, But basically, it is a conversation. It is a conversation among neighbors, friends, colleagues, classrooms, anybody who wants to gather around the table and talk about the issues most important to them. Was it uh, just Lee County last time, or was it also multi-county? It was multi-county through collaboratory, but we did not have the collaboration with the other community foundations because, as we know, need knows no boundaries, Mm -hmm. and all of our work is very synergistic together throughout the region. How much bigger was this one than the 2019 one? So we in terms of tables and in terms of overall participants, uh, more than three times as many participants. So we had around four thousand this time, with over a thousand survey responses, and it was also a more diversified representation of our region than last time. So that was very important to us to bring more voices to the table from different areas that are typically not as engaged in more of the city-centric community work. Were Glades and Hendry included last time? Yes. Okay. So how did Charlotte Community Foundation become a part of this, Amy? I got brought into this a little bit later into the game because I didn't start at the foundation till you know, spring of last year. But my former CEO has a really good relationship with both Collaboratory and Collier. So she jumped on board and said, let's find out what's most important to our community members and see what we can do to work together to possibly implement solutions and make it better. How about uh, Collier? Yeah, so we actually um, had had conversations with the collaboratory back when this happened in 2019, the first iteration. And we said, you know, you're right. Noelle said it perfectly. Need knows no boundaries. And so we really wanted to be a part of those conversations moving forward. We already had conversations happening in Collier County, but we wanted to amplify that um, through this on the table model. And so 2020, I think, happened. And unfortunately, COVID. Uh, had different ideas for our 2020 on the table. And so um, fast forward to today, and we were really pleased to be a part of this um, important work because, you know, the problems in our region and in our area are becoming so much more complex. One entity can't um, solve that issue. We have to all work together across sectors, across diversity, across county lines. And this was a really great way for us to be a part of that and the Collier residents in particular to feel like their voice was, you know, making a bigger impact in this region. Um, in 2019, though, well, what were the main priorities or issues that rose to the top? Definitely housing. Yeah. Which and we, we'll get to the 2023 because yeah. I know that's still at the top. Yeah, but back ha- then. Yeah. Housing and health care and workforce was still an issue as well. Um, was that county uh, region wide or was it any different in Charlotte, Charlotte or Collier back then? We looked at it regionally because we're a regional foundation. Understood. Mm-hmm. Can you point to anything that you guys implemented after 2019 until now that was sort of driven or directed by the results of the last one? I would say the most outstanding example is partnering with the other community foundations because their reach in different regional areas is stronger than ours and vice versa. So I would say that was um, the most important aspect was to bring 
the other foundations in, and then also more community partners. And at Collaboratory, we have a Future Makers Coalition. They do tremendous work out in Hendry and Glades counties. So to leverage their partnerships, their networks to bring more of those voices to the table is really important to us. So let's talk about the most recent one. Uh, were there any fundamental differences between the way you did it this time, other than having the partnerships that you know helped make more robust efforts in those counties? Was it basically the same? Uh, we had an organizing committee, so don't want to forego mentioning that. So between each of the foundations, we essentially tapped a cross-section of community leaders and stakeholders, business owners. We had somebody from WGCU on um, one of our oh, organizing yeah. committees, and um, same thing with FGCU, a couple of um, the professors. So that was really important in them serving as ambassadors to make sure that we were maximizing outreach across not only their organizations and networks, but more regionally casting a wider net. Um, were you going to say something? I was just going to say, yeah, it was. It really helped us to have a more of a grassroots type of feel to this table where on the table where everyone felt like they could be a part of it because it wasn't just one entity marketing it with an invitation or, a, you know, an email. It was your neighbor coming up and saying, hey, there's really important issues here in the community and let's let's grab a drink and talk mm -hmm. about it or let's, you know, have a meal and get together. And it just made it feel so much more accessible to the broader community. And I think that piece of it, as we each, you know, tapped our individual representatives from the organizing committee, it just it helped us get those roots out into pieces of the community that would otherwise feel like maybe this wasn't for them. It helps them understand, like, no, it is for you. And we really want to hear from everyone. And it's like the more you do it, the more it sort of becomes a you know brand identity in a way mm -hmm. where, where, you know, maybe even next time you, this comes around, it won't be this new idea to people and they'll be more likely to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It was more personal. Mm -hmm. That's that's the one word that stands out to me is mm -hmm. it's personal. It's getting everybody's voice heard around a shared table. How many tables were this time? Uh, so about 4,000 divided by 8 to 12 people at a table. So we were at 280 tables or something like okay. that. But it, it, the math isn't exact because people could make their tables as big or as small. We just recommended 8 to 15 per table so the conversation could be uh, more intimate. If, and I think there were a lot of pop-up tables, too. Yeah. I think as people yeah. started seeing the buzz on social media and seeing people like, oh, I want to be a part of this. What, I want to have a table. So, you know, mm -hmm. all of a sudden we were having 10 more added mm -hmm. in a day, yeah. you know, that we were, weren't were necessarily anticipating. So it got the traction from social media. and Those last couple out. of days, it was like, oh, my gosh, there's so many more tables <laughs> trying to count everybody. Mm -hmm. Which and, is great, right? Yes. Yeah, and there were private tables, so people hosted conversations in their homes, um, and there were also public tables. So that's where we were trying to track engagement and who's doing what, so people could go to on the table, SWL com and sign up for any public tables listed. We had a bunch of tables at Collaboratory and Collier and Charlotte at their offices as well. So you could join just general discussions or some people uh, indicated what they'd like to focus on as part of their table, sort of the host and just to be clear, this doesn't necessarily require a table. No. <laughs> you can do it on, you can do it on rafts yeah. in your pool. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the housing, again, the top issue? Yes, yeah, resoundingly. So um, Pretty much across the board? Yes. Was there one county where it wasn't? No, um, it was across it, the board, every across county. The board. I'm trying to remember the graph in my head. I've got it here. Yeah, so the respondents from across the region were unified on the top 10, seven of the social issues. So starting with affordable housing, then homelessness, 
um, mental health and substance abuse, and then workforce and economic development. Mm-hmm. Did you guys attend tables? Yes. We did. did you I host hosted. You hosted. hosted. I hosted. So Amy, you hosted one. <laughs> yeah. What was your table like? My table was mainly women from, but like our stakeholders in the community, and they all had very different ideas of things. It the conversation started with housing, and then it went into mental health, and then it was, well, if one family is experiencing they lost their job suddenly, and then they get depressed, and then they start using substances, then they're homeless, then you know their food insecurity, and how everything wraps together. It's just you know there's a lot of people that are struggling out there and they're one crisis away from potentially being homeless. Do people at the tables also sit there and try to like come up with their own solutions? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we all can tell there's a, a housing issue. We mm-hmm. all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, does, is there a way to come up with ideas that might be that people haven't thought about yet? Because it seems like a lot of people have thought about it for mm-hmm. a long time, and yet here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we um, in Collier, we have the benefit, like so much of our region, of having so many transplants who've come from beautiful places throughout the country, um, been um, in communities that have really great models um, that are thriving and working there in some of these issues. And so it was really refreshing to hear them share some of their experiences, um, things that were challenges in their pr- uh, primary community, um, things that really worked, things that um weren't just a conversation, but were actually action. And so from that, we've actually been having some more conversations and um, starting to formulate some more ideas specifically around housing and mental health um, and substance use, because we just heard those themes over and over. And Mm -hmm. like Amy was saying, they're so integrated with each other. You know, if somebody doesn't have a home, there's a whole domino effect um, with these other issues that come from that. And so, you know, how do we as a community come around that person and support them with what it is that what they need and get them the resources, access to the resources. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of issues that affect probably every category, um, I didn't see any categories specifically aimed at Ian or the pandemic, but they probably were talked about as leading to a lot of these categories. Is that a fair way to put it? Yes, absolutely. And our original date for On the Table this past year <laughs> was like two weeks after Hurricane Ian. So we had a big conversation about when we reschedule this and we wanted to be cognizant of everyone's situation. Um, And so we rescheduled for March 30th. And it was such a important part of the conversation because not only did Ian exacerbate the issues, but this Mm -hmm. wasn't just Mm -hmm. about like finding solutions and voicing concerns. This was also part of our region's recovery and people coming together and having conversations and sharing experiences. So there's also very much that human element. Um, And we did have uh, some surveys specific to each of our areas, uh, like recovery task force sort of work. So there's work happening with funding across Lee and Collier and Charlotte and the different areas. So we had some Ian-specific questions based on the groups that were coming together Mm -hmm. to help feed some of that data. A majority of the people who filled out the surveys reported making $100,000 a year or more. Does that risk uh, not capturing the sentiment of people who are most affected by some of these issues? Well, when it comes to Hurricane Ian, you know, I don't have the stats on how it impacted people by 
uh, by income. Oh, I don't mean Ian in particular, but, but you know, affordable housing is a bigger problem if you make thirty-five thousand dollars right, a year than yeah, if you right. make hundred thousand dollars. And year. that's yes. yeah, and that's where we see opportunity go forward. So we had twelve percent that had less than fifty thousand um, household income, fifty to hundred thousand at thirty percent. So these numbers are better than in twenty nineteen in terms of representation. So it's a broader but spectrum you, yeah. than twenty nineteen. But anyway. we'd like to see even more diversification go forward when it comes to that. And I think that's something we've all three discussed um, in planning. How do we how do we get more voices at the table? How do we make this more accessible? Um, mm-hmm. Do we broaden the time frame so it's just, you know, more than 24 hours, but not too much longer so that, you know, if somebody's working a night shift, they are able to find a table that works for them. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention in relation to your question, um, we had a number of people who did answer the survey um, reflective of their personal stance on the questions that we were posing to them. But in the tables and in the discussions, they were very cognizant of what they have heard and the experiences in their circles of people um, who they've come in contact with on an everyday. And so although they might not have been the demographic in the survey that was taking the actual and answering the actual questions, um, we were able to capture a lot of those themes and um, those educational pieces from their experiences with people that they come into contact with. Um, And at FGCU, they actually helped us with pulling the survey data and reviewing all the information. And we're a great partner. We love working with the team Mm -hmm. there. Um, But they actually have this really great tool using AI and we're able to sort through a lot of the open-ended questions and look for themes Mm -hmm. and help reflect those within that. So yes, to your point, you know, the demographic may be skewed a certain way and absolutely was more diversified from 2019, but we were still able to get a lot of information from that AI tool, Mm -hmm. which we've never been able yeah. to use before, which was yeah. really a, a neat experience. So we do have to give a shout out to Dr. Max Stein so yes, for sitting on FGC's campus right now. And FGC was a tremendous partner in helping mm-hmm. us promote this event and also uh, sort through the findings mm-hmm. to come yes. up with this report. Um, it seems like the goal of this is to get people talking in a way that they might not if you just ask them to fill out a survey mm-hmm. or stop by a table on their way through an event or something like that. Um, do you think that the results reflect that? That this is coming out of more conversational places than, you know, somebody just not thinking about it longer than it takes to fill out the form. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, my table, like what you just said, Lindsay, about the people that attended the table. Yes, they may make that income, but I had nonprofit leaders and at my table, specifically the one that I hosted, and they're working with that population and. Our conversation, I had it scheduled for like an hour and 20 minutes and people were there for three hours. Hmm. Like they, Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, I got to go to this next thing. (laughs) And they're still in there continuing the conversations and they, people are hungry to continue this work and they're continuing to talk about it. I know in my county, we're doing extra tables to continue the conversation because they want to know how they can help. I mean, in this report, Everybody is most likely to do something and take action based on what the findings are. They want to help. They want to make Mm -hmm. the community better. Mm -hmm. And I think those conversations have really built a level of empathy and mutual respect across generations. You know, Mm -hmm. we all live our own truth in a different way. Um, And so to be able to sit across the table with someone going through a completely different 
experience and situation really Mm -hmm. it was neat to see those connections being made and people rethinking how they were framing something even you know their their thought might have not changed but the way that they framed it now did because they we're better educated from a different perspective. And I think that that mm-hmm. really starts to build bridges towards the action and towards the work that we all want to do. Um, we have to bring everyone together and then be willing to have those hard conversations so we really understand each other and can start to come along and move things forward. Um, do you guys send copies of this report to like every city council member and county commissioner and, and state lawmaker and everybody so they are aware of the <laughs> yeah. results that have yes, burbled up yes, from, yes. from the we people? We have a good relationship <laughs> yeah. with our BOCC yeah. in Charlotte and they are aware they have all gotten copies. <laughs> My We work directly with our economic development office and they actually participated at our table. So yes. they are aware of this and <laughs> solutions you said earlier, our, our lady Kay was just like, this is what we're doing. This is our next steps. This is what we're looking for. So she brought up good solutions for housing. It's just everything takes time, mm-hmm. you know. And I would say, too, that participants did range in ages from 14 to 87 years yes. old. So oh when we goodness, talk about yeah. representation, this wasn't your typical, like, working age adult. There were mm-hmm. teenagers around tables sharing their perspectives with adults. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing how that all came yeah. together. Um, plans to do it again if we don't have some, you know, globally disruptive <laughs> event. <laughs> We're in talks about that right now and seeing how it pans out. But what we do see, because, again, this was about finding solutions. We have so much content now coming out Mm of this year's uh, conversations that – now we're learning collaboration is key as a community. Yes. That was a Working major together. takeaway coming out of that. Conversations mm-hmm. are continuing. And what these findings also showed our regional <sighs> foundations was that we together are already in the work on these top social mm-hmm. issues. This validates mm-hmm. and authorize a lot of our work that we already have around housing and homelessness and workforce development. Mm-hmm. So now it's how do we bring, again, these key stakeholders and diversified voices around collaborative action mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. solve these social problems. Mm-hmm. So you can meet your deadline in 16 years. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Um, any final thoughts, Lindsay? You know, I just I think that it was so inspiring just to be able to have conversations with so many people in our community. You know, I might not have made it to Charlotte County, but to have the conversations with Amy and um, and likewise Noelle and her team to hear the buzz, to understand that, you know, people are hungry to come together. They're hungry to find solutions and to get creative and innovative and they want to help each other. And I think, you know, we've got to keep that momentum going. And like Noelle said, each and every one of our foundations are doing work already in a number of these areas. And so my invitation is if you're in Collier County and you want to be involved in the conversations that we're having around housing and mental health and substance use and all of these hot topics, you know, please reach out to us. We will plug you in. We will absolutely take your ideas, take your experiences and um, and put it to good use as we look for innovative solutions. Amy, any final thoughts? I'm excited about next steps and what we can do regionally to work together. And I echo if you're in Charlotte County (laughs) and you want to continue this conversation, we have events coming in September and October with our different partners at our uh, Chamber of Commerces. Let's continue the conversation. Let's see what we can do to work together to implement some of these solutions that we come up with. Mm -hmm. And you get the final word, Noelle. All right. Well, 
first off, your voice matters. I want everybody yes. to know in this community that your voice matters. And also, if you'd like to dig more into the research and what's next, please visit the website on the table, swfl.com. In the report is also the contact information mm-hmm. for myself and Amy and Lindsay to get in touch with us and get involved with the work that our foundations are doing. Well, I think in, a, in today's world where everything is so through screens that any reason to get people together to talk about <laughs> things that matter is beneficial. Mm-hmm. So that's all the time we have. Noel Casagrande is communications lead at the Collaboratory in downtown Fort Myers. Noel, thanks for being here. Thank you. Amy Huddleston is director of strategic partnerships at the Charlotte Community Foundation. Amy, thank you. Thank you, Mike. And Lindsay Touche is vice president of community engagement at the Collier Community Foundation. Uh, Lindsay, thanks to you as well. Thank you so much for having us. You can find a breakdown of the results from this 2023 On the Table event on our website, wgcu.org gcl. Our show today was produced by Eddie Stewart and myself. Our director today is Jared Gonzalez. Our social media coordinator is Tara Callaghan. For now, thank you for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM, NPR for Southwest Florida. Thank you.